Good morning and welcome to the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and Ponzion Sprachschule.de. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about my new car. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, I took delivery of a new car, which runs on a fuel-cooled bioethanol. Okay. In Germany, we say bioethanol. Um, but, um, we thought we'd talk about that today. Okay, so when did you get the car? On Monday. Last week, Monday. Monday. So, okay, pa- so it's been a po- week. For the podcast, Monday podcast. Yeah, right. It, it's been a week. Um, and if you've been following the blog, then, you know, roughly what I've been trying out with the car and seeing how do I get on with this new fuel. Okay, I had a te- test drive in a mm-hmm. car before I bought it, but, um, yeah, I took it out for a run and I've been doing my, my business with it now for for the week and just, there's no difference. There really is no difference to driving it. The, um, the main difference is the engine is slightly more powerful. Mm-hmm. It has to have a certain amount of power to. I don't know if it has to have a certain amount of power to do this ethanol, but they're only made from a certain um, strength. So yeah, so I've got a slightly more powerful engine. So I noticed that. Okay, and then. <coughs> excuse me. How do you fill your tank? At the petrol station. At the petrol station. But I haven't done that yet because there was oh, yeah. a full tank in it. Oh, okay. When I started, so when I took delivery, there was a full tank, mm-hmm. and I haven't used up enough yet to uh, warrant going and trying that out. When I do, I shall be. Writing about it, but yeah, but yeah, does any petrol station no, have that? No, it's a normal uh, okay, so it's a normal petrol pump. That's the first thing. So it's mm-hmm. not one you know with a special thing like with the electric cars or with the gas-powered cars and stuff. Um, so you go to a normal petrol pump, but there's not that many petrol stations that do this mm-hmm. on the normal forecourt. So um, the first one was in Bad Homburg, mm-hmm. and that's not actually a petrol station, that's the car dealer itself, mm-hmm. has actually got its own little petrol station now for bioethanol. And you get a key for the pump. Okay. So you can go any time, you don't have to go while they're open. Um, go any time, use your key to unlock the pump, and it's key-coded, mm-hmm. so that at the end of the month you get a bill for the what you've used. Okay, that's how it works. It's actually quite nice. You don't mm-hmm. have to do all the receipts during the month. Um, and then the, the idea is other petrol stations now in Germany are starting to take on this system because there's mm-hmm. more and more cars using it. It's the idea. And there's now between 70 and 80 petrol stations okay. in Germany, mm-hmm. um, which is quite good. But now that what I like, um, the reason I did this, I'm being very sceptical maybe of doing other sort of modern fuels although you want to do your bit for the environment but mm-hmm. if you what I didn't like about things like a gas car is that you well first of all there's car parks you can't go into with the gas cars oh yeah, yeah there's some car parks that we don't want you know cars that are gas driven um, and the second thing is you have two tanks hmm. so you've got your gas tank right. and you've got a little tank for normal petrol so that if the gas runs out and you can't you know you can fill up and oh, okay. go to the nearest get to the nearest gas-filling petrol station. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, but you have to switch. So you've got a switch in the dashboard that says, mm-hmm. I want to switch from gas to petrol. Okay. So it's not sort of something... I don't know if you can actually do that on the motorway while you're driving along. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, it needs the petrol to start the motor in the first place. So it uses a bit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the bioethanol, it goes in one tank. So I've got one big tank and I can put bioethanol in, which is 85% ethanol and 15% normal petrol. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can just put normal petrol in there. And then it mixes up and hmm. the car's happy. So something else for me still to try. So I've still got pure ethanol in there at the moment, or pure 85%. Right. Um, 
at some stage I've got to put some normal petrol in, try it out. Okay. And then from the outside, is, is it, I mean, visible that this is a car driven on beer? Not so, a, I mean, like, do you have a special plaque There's a, there's a, there's a little um, badge on the back. Okay. There's a little badge on the back that says uh, FlexiFuel, which mm-hmm. is what Ford call this, this line of the, the cars. And if you open the petrol cap, it's actually in, it actually is in the petrol cap, only for 95 octane and, mm-hmm. and uh, both ethanol, yeah. Okay, and then what about, you know, any tax write-offs or, I mean, what There's are the no, benefits? No, that's, that's, let's say the downside, if you like, mm-hmm. because I could use it theoretically just on normal petrol. That was one of the other things I said. If it doesn't work I out, you can I, could just sold, go, yeah. I could just go put normal petrol in it all the time. So that there's yeah. no tax benefit on the car tax, right. but there's a tax benefit on the ethanol, because the bioethanol mm-hmm. is tax-free, I think it's tax-free, or at least tax-reduced till 2012. Okay, so on the purchase of the gas yeah. itself. So rather average. than paying uh, normal super is 130, whatever, 139, mm-hmm. 136 per litre, I'm paying 89 cents a litre. Well, that's a big difference, yeah. 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 So I've got like a third okay. of the co- running costs are reduced. Mm-hmm. Which is quite nice. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Well, so, well, after one week, I guess, have you tried anything else, like uh, on the Autobahn? On the Autobahn, I tried the cruise control, but that's... Oh, like, cruise that's control? Cruise okay. control, because it's the first car I've had with cruise control. And uh-huh. Something to try out, um, which doesn't actually have much to do with the fuel in it, but... Uh, yeah, but still, I mean... I was trying... Well, the first thing, of course, on the motorway was, how's the acceleration? Mm-hmm. You know, is the, do you notice this fuel? Because... Um, it has a, it's another. It's a different consistency to normal petrol, mm-hmm. slightly. Um, no, I mean, okay, again, powerful motor. I think it was faster accelerating than the last car, but uh, it's probably down to the motor, not down to the ethanol. Um, what they do say about ethanol is when it gets cold, when it gets, starts going into minus mm-hmm. you know, ten, minus fifteen, um, it thickens up slightly, so it gets more sluggish starting the car. Mm. And that's why, certainly for me, on the car park here, I'm going to have to put some normal petrol in in the, in the winter oh, yeah, okay. to mi- get the mixture. Right. So I've got to get a sort of like, like 20% normal petrol in there so that it doesn't get so like sluggish. It's a preventative measure. Yeah. yeah, that's the one idea. The other, what you can do, is quite funny, at the front of the car there's a little um, socket. Mm-hmm. And that socket is for um, a mains cable. So you can actually, if you go, if you go to the garage, mm-hmm. you can plug the car into the mains and it's got a heating element. It heats up the ethanol slightly, just up to, you know, so it doesn't freeze. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh. Um, and this is because that, uh, one of the first countries, well, the first areas to do mm-hmm. bioethanol was in Scandinavia. So they needed this for very um, of cold. Of course, yeah. Well, and so, you know, people just pluck their cars in in the morning. You know, put you it kind of like heat it up for yeah, a little while. Just, you get yeah. up and while you, you know, right. while you get ready for work, you just plug the car in and it heats up the tank sufficiently. Not, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> when you first think about it, you think like heating up the petrol tank. Yeah, right. it. <laughs> um, it just heats it up sufficiently that mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, that it actually starts properly. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the cruise control I tried out, and that was a very strange experience. Mm. It's like the car's driving itself. You put the, you, you know, you go there with the motorway, mm-hmm. you like, stick at this speed, it's like it drives itself. You just have to steer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's weird. feeling of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, you know you can, you know you can accelerate, you know you can, the moment, yeah. you're gonna, the moment you break, it's going to come out of that mode. Right. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, basically it's you're good. letting it. You, yeah. you have to get used to this car driving itself, and, yeah. Well, who knows, you, you might really enjoy it one of these days, you know. On a long trip. Yeah. Keep it, I'm, I'm actually worried on a long trip, but what happens if I haven't got so much to do at the moment? I concentrate, mm-hmm. on the, and I've still got to keep concentrating, but not so much. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the concentration's got to stay at the same level, but I haven't got so much to do, so I'm hoping that, you know, it doesn't get so loud, oh, you're just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all right, and then you don't notice that you're actually, you know, getting close to someone, so there's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just, yeah, takes a bit getting used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, like I say, nothing to do with mm-hmm. the fuel in the tank. Mm-hmm. So, I know after one week, it's a, it's a bit, I mean, short of a time, but you, I guess you would buy the car again, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, there's. I I, I see no reason not to. That mm-hmm. was my original argument. I said, you know, if you buy something where you've got two tanks and you don't use it, you've lost half your capacity. And this one, I know. Okay, I can put the other stuff in. Um, I, I'd still do it because I want to try this out. Now, the, mm. since I've been doing this and I've been reading quite a bit about this this stuff. Um, there's various arguments as to how good this really is. And one of the things is, is well, you're, st- you're still producing CO2. Mm. And the argument is, okay, yeah, but this stuff is growing in the first place. So at the moment, if you take normal petrol, it's coming out from, you know, North yeah. Sea oil or something. Um, so this is releasing CO2 that's been locked under the sea for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And whereas the bioethanol is being grown, Right. With the, you know, sugar cane, wheat, and all the rest of the stuff that comes in, wood, yeah. wood chippings, yeah. or whatever, you know, right. it comes into it. Um, this stuff is being grown and is taking the CO2 out of the atmosphere mm-hmm. while you're growing. So it's you're actually... cleaning the atmosphere while it's growing. So you're, yeah. re- you're releasing the CO2 back that you've just mm. used. Now, the argument that I've heard is, well, you still need to re- refine it. It still needs to be refined into this fuel. And this refinery process takes up energy. Yeah, that uses the energy. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult. The the um the the other argument against that is that yes, okay, but the petrol's the same. You've still got to pump pump it out of the sea, you've got up right. from it the ground. You've, you've got to yeah. refine it into petrol, you've got to transport yeah. it somewhere. So the uh, the costs from so the refinery to the car mm-hmm. are, could actually be the same, I don't know, but um the the theory is that at least the CO2 is being taken out of the atmosphere by me doing, mm-hmm. by the ethanol being grown. Um, the yeah, ethanol being, being grown. grown. You know what yeah, I mean? That's good, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true, I mean, uh, you grow your own gas. <laughs> where's, the, where's the oil is, you know, has been locked right. down there, mm-hmm. and you're actually increasing the CO2 in the atmosphere by using normal petrol. Mm. So. No, it is, it is one of the greener resources or sources, definitely. Yeah. I know when the, the other arguments was, can we, can we produce enough? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, can we produce enough of this stuff in, in say, Germany to, to, to feed all the cars? But right. um, we shall we'll see. see. Yeah. We'll just see how we get on. <laughs> you know, life just goes on so quickly. I Who knows? I don't I mean, think everybody's going to start using it all of a sudden. No. Some will use their gas, some will use their electric cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's see how we get on. Um, and the other argument, which I have to go, you know, so, okay, to a certain extent, um, is okay, okay if, if we can't feed everybody on the planet how can we grow this stuff as well and it's critics ready for yeah. well yeah I have to admit it's, <clears throat> uh, it's, if, when you start hearing that from sort of you know environmentalists and stuff you say well yeah but hang on a minute you, do you want me to mm. use this stuff or not you know um, the, the argument is okay 
why don't we uh, feed the sugar beet to the underprivileged so, people, yeah? Well, yeah, but yeah, so you've got to get it to them in the first place. So if you're growing this stuff in Germany, mm. yeah, you've still got to get this food to someone. Okay. Yeah, so I think you've got, you're, you're better off with different projects. You've got to get the, the industrialised countries down mm-hmm. from their CO2 emissions. At the same time, you've got the developing world where you've got to get the food production up to right. and the, the level they need. And, yeah, yeah. The, the local and, needs, yeah. And uh, I don't think you can really compare the two and say, well, you know, we could actually go this stuff in Germany and ship it all out to Africa. Mm. Yeah. No, no, that wouldn't work. I mean, it's a nice idea. But it doesn't but solve the problem. It, no, it no. doesn't, no. So at the end of the day, you've got, you've got this stuff you're shipping out, which costs, you know, mm-hmm. diesel to ship it. <laughs> um, the cars here still, you know, belch out the stuff that they have been, and, and mm-hmm. nobody's really helped at the end of the day. But uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, the, the, the countries that receive that food, okay, so they can receive a one-off handout in many effect, and they don't... Well, the, the countries they need more they than food. They, yeah, need, they, they need help to, to produce the, it themselves. The training. They yeah. need small credits from banks. Yeah. They, they need start-up yeah. business. Uh, they need to learn to take care of themselves. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we can bring them money and, and, and resources and send people down there, but not sugar beets by no. itself. I mean, a similar thing with the, uh, have you heard of the $100 laptop? No, I haven't heard of it. Well, this is a, it's an interesting project. It's the same sort of thing. It's the, um, someone's developed a laptop which uses very basic components. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a school in the middle of Africa, South America, doesn't need, you know, top quality computers. Right. They need a computer in the mm-hmm. not, you know. Um, and if they've got access to information, mm-hmm. then this could help oh, with the yeah. development. Yeah, yeah? Of course. Um, so there's these laptops, and they, they use very basic components, but then they have, you know, an operating system on there that can run, you know, fairly basic programs, open source programs, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and they're powered by a variety of ways. So they can be solar powered. There's, well, there's a clockwork. Mm-hmm. A clockwork version is laptops. So you actually wind your laptop up and it runs for an hour. That's cute. There's something yeah. I would be doing. <laughs> but, but the thing is, okay, if you're in the middle of Africa and you haven't got electricity right. in the school, mm-hmm. then they, the children can wind their laptops up and can use them. Now... The argument then you hear on the forums is, you're saying, make sure, shouldn't we, you know, make sure they've got enough to eat before we start giving them laptops? Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's and again, it's the, but then the, the argument really goes, okay, but the, what we're trying to do is, is the education at this particular yes. point. We're not. Yes. We've got projects to get the food. We've got projects for the farming. Yeah, and this is a project for education. Mm-hmm. And if we can educate people, right, that's um, where it all begins. Then the next generation should have, you know, an educated adult population which hopefully will be able to take on the projects right. to feed the nation and irrigate the nation. Yeah. And that's what I like the project, I like the idea of a hundred dollar laptop. That they yeah. that companies can sponsor these and say, okay, but you know, it's a, it's a reasonable price to right. sponsor a, a class in a school in Africa of say thirty children. You mm-hmm. you talk about three thousand three thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. And they don't, and, and the running costs afterwards, always oh, clockwork. There's no running costs, you know. Yeah. Just wind it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there are all kinds of, you know, alternatives to, yeah, save the world. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, any questions on bioethanol? Then um, visit themondaypodcast.com, and we'll put some links on there to other sites, including one new one that I'm working on. And we shall be back next week with a new podcast. Okay. Sounds good. 
See you next week. Bye. Bye. This was the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionsprachschule.de. For more information, visit www.themondaypodcast.com. Responsible for the content, Graham Tappenden and Maria Shipley, 61440 Oberursel, Germany.